Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, how goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report. You made it. It's Friday. Congratulations. This is the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly. We're in the Smoothie King Center studios today. As this long homestand continues, Pelicans and Clippers tonight at Smoothie King Center. Big crowd expected for the ball game. We'll say hello to Austin Rivers and Chris Paul as they make their return here to the building. And the Pelicans look to get back on track after losing to Denver the other night. Clippers are red hot, by the way. I think they've won six in a row, six in a row 32 wins now in the season. They're the fourth seed in the West. Um, their problem is, is that they're in the same division uh, right now as Golden State. <laughs> so uh, they've been really playing well. And their second unit has... Uh, risen to the occasion they begin a like 15 day road trip tonight here in new orleans and so the pelicans will hopefully get them started off on the wrong foot if you know what i mean seven o'clock tip off here at the smoothie king center more on the ball game in just a moment including the latest on anthony davis we'll also finish up our conversation here on this friday about super bowl 49 and we're going to do it in a unique way today we've had some national uh writers and broadcasters on this week to talk about the game We've even had uh, a, a national broadcaster who lives in Phoenix who's right there at the game uh, give us a, a take, if you will. Today's take, though, uh, ties in the uh, current AFC champion New England Patriots and the New Orleans Saints. David Thomas, the former tight end uh, for the Saints and for the Patriots, is on with us today in order to speak to the game itself this weekend and the perspective that he has as a Super Bowl champion and as a former member of the Patriots organization. That's a real treat. Also, it's a, a perfect way for me to promote what's going to happen next week. Next week on the Black and Blue Report and all across the, uh, the Saints digital media platform, we'll be commemor- commemorating the, uh, the uh, five-year anniversary, I guess, of Super Bowl forty-four. And so David Thomas is a part of that conversation next week, as is Garrett Hartley. And Daniel interviewed him this morning. We'll have that for you next week. We just got off the phone with Will Smith. We've talked to him. We've talked to Jeff Charleston. We're efforting for uh, Stinchcomb and Streif and a few others. And Scott Shanley already in the can. That's already in the can. Great. So that's all a part of our next week for you 
on the Black and Blue Report. So it'll be very good. But David Thomas will take a, a portion of my conversation with him today regarding this weekend's Super Bowl and share that with you. And then, of course, we'll get you ready for the game tonight with the latest on Anthony Davis. And we'll also hear from head coach Monty Williams as well. Last night was a coach's radio show on WWL-FM. In case you missed it, we'll give you a good portion of that on today's show, if not all of it. Uh, we'll decide here, I guess, during the break in just a moment. So stay with us. It's a pretty fun Friday as we've got basketball to talk about, Super Bowl action to talk about, and, uh, and again, we're previewing what's going to happen next week with regard to the commemoration of Super Bowl 44. So very nice stuff. Stay with us. We'll take a quick break. Then when we come back, I'll take you down the hall to the Pelicans locker room, let you listen in on that before we get to Monty Williams and David Thomas. Stay with us. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight this Friday, January 30th at 7 p.m. when the Los Angeles Clippers come to town. The first 12,000 fans receive a free Pelicans t-shirt, all courtesy of Morris Bart. Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30 with music, inflatable games for the kids, appearances by Pierre the Pelican, and a whole bunch more. Tickets are limited. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your seats today. I'm Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I hate spinach. No one leaves the table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Super Bowl champion David Thomas and Pelicans head coach Monty Williams still to come. We'll take you down the hall now uh, to the Pelicans locker room here on Black and Blue Report as New Orleans gets ready for Los Angeles tonight. The uh, news about Anthony Davis is uh, still at this point undecided. Uh, I know you heard maybe some reports this morning that he will play. We don't know quite yet if you will. And these are exactly the words of Anthony Davis following treatment again this morning. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, um, I'll know when I get back late at night and do more treatment to see how it feels. Will you make a decision as far as like going out and warming up before the treatment tonight? You do treatment first and let them want to see how, how it responds? Um, whatever Dwayne wants me to do, um, <clears throat> do a little treatment. Uh, and if he wants to go out there and see how it feels, if you think it's you know, good for it. And I'm not a doctor. I don't you know what's good or bad for it. So um, whatever he recommends, you know, I'm definitely going to go out there and try to do it. You know what? Um, you know, I definitely would want to play, you know, uh, but at the same time, not you know, sure, you know, um, it would be good, you know, um, for what the injury is. But, um, you know, I'm going to do everything, you know, in my power to try to, try to be on the floor. Davis, as you know, has been um – Diagnosed with a grade one strain. It's a groin pull, uh, but not as serious as perhaps we had feared. Um, it may keep him out tonight. We'll see. And as you heard Davis say, uh, it will be a game-time decision truly after another round of treatment and uh, probably some testing. Quincy Pondexter and the other Pelicans are in conversation with regard to their game against the Clippers and what it might mean not to have Davis tonight. Here's Quincy Pondexter with the media a short time ago. Um, they're a very good team. Um, you know, they're, they're playing a lot better basketball as, as of late. Um, they're very capable offensively um, to score a lot of points, and um, we got to come with our A game tonight. 
seemed coach said that you all may be a little heavy legged the other night. Do you all are you ready to get back on track after what happened against Denver? Uh, I don't believe in making excuses. Um, I put that on us. Uh, we we didn't come out with a sense of urgency from the jump, and um, you know what? They had a great game, and uh, they left it all out there because you can see last night they didn't have legs of their own. Um, so that's part of this league. Um, everyone's uh, capable of beating anyone on any night, and um, you know we got to learn our lesson and, and get better tonight. How differently do you have to play if Anthony Davis can't go tonight? Um, you know what, we just got to play with the same sense of urgency, um, play um, with a lot of great effort. You know, he's such a tremendous player. Um, he's one of the best in the league, and so it's going to suck not having him if, if he can't go. But um, at the same time, you know, we got to man up, and we're, we're making a playoff push. We know um, what time it is, and we got to come up and step up. We'll have an eye on Tyreek Evans tonight, that's for sure. That's a key matchup in the ballgame, Tyreek Evans versus Chris Paul in the ballgame. I asked uh, Evans earlier about what it's like to play against Chris and what he's learned about that process over the years. Just use my length, make him uh, take tough shots. Uh, you know, I played against him a lot uh, when he was here so um, and in L.A., so uh, pretty familiar with him. Uh, he's still a good point guard. You know, he's going to make tough shots. Just uh, try to use my length and make him uh, shoot over him. Why are they so – I mean, I know they're a veteran team. Um, when, when, they, when they make their counters, when they make their moves, when they have the ball – um, how do you counter their counter? I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Uh, it's tough. I mean, uh, we just got to be on our on our heels at all times, you know, because they can find guys in the corner and, and uh, hit shots, and, um, you know, and they, and they do a good job moving the ball. Uh, so they big men get pass the ball well. So uh, just got to uh, everybody got to be ready to play tonight. That's pretty much it on defense. Tyreek, when you guys have had some bad losses this year, not, I shouldn't say bad. When you've had tough losses like you did against Denver the other night, your team has found a way to really bounce back well. Um, why is that, and, and how do you pull it off again tonight? Uh, I mean, I think we've been in the position before. Um, you know, when we had Darius Mills running the point, and uh, we played the Clippers, I think, you know, we just got our our team always ready, you know, for assignments like this, and uh, guys are always ready to play. So, um, you know, um, just got to be ready 24 uh, for 48 minutes tonight. Tyreek Evans and the Pelicans take on the Clippers tonight at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center here in New Orleans. Last night on the Monty Williams radio show, we learned a lot more from the Pelicans head coach, and I'm happy to share that with you right after this timeout. Mardi Gras is just around the corner, and Shreveport Bossier City invites you to experience Mardi Gras in the Arklatex, starting with the Crew of Centaur Parade on Saturday, February 7th. Cap it off with the Crew of Gemini Parade on Saturday, February 14th. Check out hotels and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. This is Pelicans head coach, Monty Williams, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report here from the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans. I'm Sean Kelly. 
We continue now with my long-form visit with Pelicans head coach Monty Williams. We do it each and every Thursday night on the Monty Williams radio show and then uh, share as much as we can on Fridays here at the Black and Blue Report. Coach, the win streak came to an end, unfortunately, last night with the loss to the Denver Nuggets. What was what was the conversation like with your with your team today following last night's game? Well, I've, I've told them uh, so many times in the past that I, I hate making up excuses for us and our team, and yet I'm mindful that um, we've had a, a grueling two weeks. Uh, we had a long road trip out east. We came back and uh, played a game, then had to go back on the road, then played three and four nights. And I, I thought we were a bit tired last night. When we shoot the ball uh, short and we're missing layups, um, it's a sign that our guys have, uh, you know, run the course of energy that they had store, <laughs> stored up and, and needed some time to get their legs back. And so today was a day to mentally go over some defensive things because we did ha have some breakdowns last night, but also give them a chance to get their legs back. And, you know, it's on them to do the things necessary off the floor to prepare them themselves for a big game against the Clippers. Monty, you have a laser focus on game day, and you're very good at, at staying on task or the task at hand. Do, do stretches like the last two weeks or realizing that things may be piling up, do those sometimes sneak up on you a little bit? And, and as you grow as a head coach, do you find yourself, I guess, better at recognizing that? Yeah, I think they do um, sneak up on you, especially my first couple years in the league. I didn't look at the schedule month by month. I only looked at the next game and the next practice and the next, next shoot-around. <laughs> I never paid much attention to January when I was in November, and it didn't allow me to plan um, practices the way that I do now. Now, having been a head coach for five years, I've learned to uh, think ahead without neglecting my focus on the next game. And so I have to have a big picture in mind, and you know, I'm already thinking about all-star practices and the things that we have to do to get ready for the last half of the season or last segment of the season. And that that stuff happens on the job. I mean, you get that kind of experience just being in the shoes of a head coach and learning through your mistakes and listening to other people and asking questions. And I was never around many head coaches um, before I became a head coach. Now. I'm only around head coaches because nobody wants to hang around us. <laughs> <laughs> Players hate you, fans hate you, and, you know, we find ourselves talking to each other. And so we just banter around ideas, and you talk about, you know, hey, how'd you, like Tibbs and I this summer, we would always say, how'd you do this on this day? And, and he'd look at me, and I'd be like, really? You know, and I'd, I'd put that in my notebook, and then he'd come ask me a couple days later. He's like, hey, man, how'd you handle, you know, three games and four nights with a game to go and you got to and I tell him what we did and how our shoot arounds were and the practices and things like that and he'd look at me with this whimsical whimsical look like really that's how you do that like yeah and I'd look at him like I'm like you've been to the playoffs every year why would you want to change <laughs> but we're always trying to talk to other coaches and I spend a lot of time talking to pop and the problem with that is where his team is and where we are are two different places. And so I can't compare or even try to 
put myself in those shoes because we, we have to get where they are, and it takes a lot of work. And, you know, they, they're resting on days where we wouldn't think about resting, and we're in totally two different places. All right, so with that being said, nobody's going to go 82-0. I mean, maybe someday, I don't know, but nobody's going to go 82-0. Um, so is it mind-numbing or is it exhilarating that not everybody's ever going to get it all the way right and there's always going to be that pursuit? Yeah, I think it can be mind-numbing, but it also can be exhilarating as a challenge. Like, we make a great deal of money to do what we do, and yet when you coach and you play and you compete and you're around it, you want the challenge. It's no different than your job. Like, you want the challenge of having a perfect segment when you do these interviews and the things you do off the air. You want that challenge as a man, and I think every man has that in him. Um, every summer I challenge myself in a physical way because I don't have the challenge of the season anymore, and so, you know, I'll box or I'll do UFC training or I'll do some kind of martial arts or something like that because I think I think all men, maybe I'm just, you know, by myself there, but I think we all have, you know, mountains to climb. And when you're <clears throat> at the highest level of basketball and you can't go any higher, like, this is it. And so, yeah, we all want to win every single game. And we're all, you know, trying to be big picture minded, but at the same time, I wake up competing, and those are the kinds of people I want around me, and that's why we do what we do, because I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but <clears throat> I don't have anything else that I want to buy, mm -hmm. you know? I'm, I'm pretty boring that way. I don't have any cars or any of that stuff, man. I, I want to win, and I know that these jobs are a blessing, and it's a privilege, and you never know how long you're going to do it, so while you have it, you're, you're trying to climb the highest mountain, and, and that's what we do every day. Anthony Davis couldn't finish last night. Um, what did you learn today from the medical staff about what's going on with his body right now? Well, he's got a grade one strain in his adductor, and, you know, I'd have to go to night school and <laughs> take a couple tutorial classes to figure out, you know, what that really means, but I know it, it's somewhere in his growing, mm -hmm. and... Um, Right now, he's day-to-day, -day and it'll be based on how he feels and what we see. And, you know, like in the Denver game, I, I did not see the same Anthony getting up and down the floor. I saw the want-to in his eyes, but I didn't see the can-do in his movement. And for me, as a coach and caretaker, um, I can't put and never will put him in a situation where he could hurt himself. And the doctors, you know, wouldn't put him on the floor if there was, uh, if he was in danger of hurting himself. And once we went down by six and the uh, the rhythm wasn't going our way, I just felt like it was the the best time to get him out and save him from himself. All right. So now the game begins because I know both of you guys. So starting tomorrow, the game begins. He's going to try and fool you and say I can play, yeah. or maybe not fool you, but show you at least that he can play. And you're going to try and be the the voice of reason. Um, who wins? <laughs> You know, typically he wins, but he'll have to knock the, you know, like if you're going to beat the champ, you got to knock him out. Mm -hmm. And he'll have to knock me out to prove that he can get out there and be himself. 
Um, am I expecting him to be 100%? No, but somewhere close. Um, there's certain things that he does that no one else can do, and I know that he can do it. And when I see those things, I'll feel more comfortable. And when the coaches see those things, we'll feel more comfortable. We certainly want him and need him to play. Um, but you've been with me for five years. Um, I've suffered a lot of tough times because I've held guys out of games and wouldn't allow them to play even when they wanted to. But I didn't see the same burst or the same quickness or the same movement that they, they typically have. And um, that doesn't always work well for me, but I think, you know, when you're trying to build a program and, and, you're, and you're talking about integrity and character and all those things, um, that's when you have to show it, when it doesn't necessarily work for you. Coach, three things I wanted to ask you about before we get out of here on this Thursday. The first one is this. It, it seems, and this is justified, that you and your players and, and those who watch you closely are in agreement that your team is at their best offensively when they move the ball. So... Uh, Help me define what moving the ball is and in what sets and with what personnel groups do you all move the ball best? Well, for us, um, we've tried to create an offense um, based on the team we've had. And because the team has changed so much the last every year, basically, we've had to switch up our offense to fit. And so this year we put in an offense that allows us to move the ball from side to side without even dribbling the ball. But when we're playing um, quick and under control in our transition game, I think the ball moves um, a lot more smoothly. Where we run into trouble um, when we're in a half-court set and teams are trying to take Tyreek's penetration out or trying to take Ryan's three-point shot away from us, that's when we've had trouble in the past moving the ball. Um, I think in the Philly game we had 33 assists mm -hmm. and the ball was just moving effortlessly. And I think when you're trying to uh, get that across to your team, those are the games that you look back on where you say, guys, this is, this is what it looks like. Now, there are times where I'm, I'm willing to allow a guy to – do what he's worked on, and sometimes the ball doesn't move as much because he, you know, he has the confidence to make a shot or take his guy off the dribble. That's fine, but I think, and our guys are certainly uh, buying into the fact that when we move the ball from side to side and we make the defense work, because that's the biggest thing. You don't want to move it just to move it. We want to move the ball because we want the defense to work, and if we can do that. It allows us to <clears throat> not only find open guys, but it opens up driving lanes for all of the guys who can penetrate. And when you have a player like Anthony Davis, it's, it's easy to just give him the ball and tell everybody to get out of the way. But I think it's a lot easier on him if we work the defense a little bit and then get him the ball. And he's so good at attacking and knocking down his shot, it makes us a good team. Good stuff there. Uh, Monty, you're in the middle of your longest homestand of the year. I'm getting the sense that the atmosphere at home games is changing. Can you feel it from the floor? Yeah, I do. Um, you, one sign for me is the ushers. When I walk out, like, they're excited. Um, when I walk out to the floor, they're all high-fiving me and wanting to shake my hand or, you know, ready for the game. And that's something that's changed over the course of time. Um, Anthony always gets a, a, a big ovation, but the – the thing that I look at as soon as I come out, 
I can see the crowd and I can tell what kind of, you know, house we're going to have that night. And so as soon as I come through the tunnel, I can see right away. And slowly but surely, I see more and more people and, and less chairs. And then about the time when the anthem is played, um, people start coming from concessions or they're just a little bit late. And so the gym starts to pack out a little bit. And so over time, it's, it's you know, slowly but surely become a, a special place for us. Um, and it's evidenced by our record. And we've been able to win a lot of games at home this year. And our fans are a big part of that. When we go on runs and we need a stop and people are yelling defense and things of that nature, it, it's, a, it's a big key to our success. All right, so tomorrow night the homestand continues with the Clippers with with the obvious fact that Anthony Davis's availability is the overriding X factor in this. Help me understand what you all need to accomplish in, in beating a very well-rounded Los Angeles Clippers basketball team. Yeah, they they are a team that um, they're pretty complete. They have great point guard play and Chris um, at two of the – better bigs in the NBA. One's a defensive player of the year candidate, and the other one's one of the best power forwards in the game. So just those three guys keep you up at night watching film. At the same time, um, we've had success against their team uh, when we've shot the ball well and we've contained them in pick and roll. And, you know, if we can contain Chris and, you know, keep him out of our paint and and they have a, a tough shooting night, which is always good, for your defense, uh, we'll have a chance to win. Obviously, we need Anthony to play and play at a high level. But we also need, you know, two or three other scores to, to have big nights as well. Coach, I keep leaning on this thing that you said on Sunday. And I know you've said it before, but it really fit. When you said, uh, when we talked before the game against Dallas, we've got to make them uncomfortable. And, and that may be cliche or 30,000 feet, whatever you want to call it. That seems to be pretty important for your team when playing these next-level teams that you're trying to get to. Well, I think you, you do that with great effort and great focus, um, especially on the defensive end. Um, teams in the NBA who don't play hard every night, they don't like that. You know, There are some finesse teams in the league that are pretty good. Um, at the same time, we can and have made teams uncomfortable with our athleticism, how hard we play, and especially when we're getting stops and we're running in transition and making teams call timeouts. That, to me, is a sign that you know we have a team on their heels. And if we can do that for a great deal of the game and execute down the stretch, we always give ourselves a chance to win. All right, there you have it. Pelicans and Clippers tonight at the Smoothie King Center. There are a limited amount of tickets available still. 504-525-HOOP, otherwise pelicans.com. Should be a very, very uh, lively building tonight. Uh, There is a T-shirt giveaway thanks to Morris Bart this evening as well, and the Pelicans will be looking to get back on track after the loss to Denver and turn uh, this homestand into a 3-1 and campaign so far. Uh, Daniel Salerson still to come in just a moment with some fun facts about the Super Bowl. And uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, we'll have our last piece of Super Bowl 49 conversation with Super Bowl champion David Thomas in just a moment. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? 
That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion. It's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. David Thomas was a member of the Super Bowl 44 championship team with the New Orleans Saints. Prior to that, he was a member of the New England Patriots. Earlier today, we visited with David Thomas about Super Bowl 49, featuring the Patriots and the Seahawks to get his take. Well, I mean, I'm a, I think forever I'll be a, a Saints and Patriots fan just because I've got so much respect for both organizations and, and appreciation for, for, the, for the guys I played with and the coaches I played for. So, um, you know, the, this, the Patriots team, there's, there's not a ton of guys on this team that were on their last Super Bowl championship team. That was back in 04, I believe. So it's been 10 years since they won the Super Bowl. So there's not a lot of guys that, that have a Super Bowl ring on that team, actually, at this point. So, And there's a handful of guys that, I, that, that are still there from, from my time when I played. So I'm, I'm definitely going for those guys and pulling for them to, to win a Super Bowl and, and get a ring. And it's, it's a tough matchup for them. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Seattle their ability to run the football and, and their ability on defense to really get after the quarterback but also um, control the short passing game, which is what New England really is, excels at with Brady and some of their receivers. I mean, that, 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 that's the matchup to watch is just can these New England receivers get open against tight coverage. And then also, you know, what, what do you – with his size and speed, can he be the equalizer against Gronkowski? That's, that's a big X factor in my mind. No doubt. Um, knowing their culture, knowing Bill Belichick and everything else, what was your reaction to the whole deflated football incident? It, that's one of the most overblown and overhyped stories I can remember in recent memory. I mean, just I mean, I, I think about of all the things we could have been talking about. It's it's with all the great matchups that this game that this game brings, and then that's that's the storyline going into the game. I, I think that's very disappointing and. You know, I, I think for Bill to have come out and, and Tom and Mr. Kraft, for them to all three have come out as strongly as they have and saying, look, we didn't do anything wrong, I don't think those guys would have come out so strongly if they didn't truly believe that. And so, um, you know, I think I think it'll be interesting to see. You know, Mr. Kraft said, we, I expect an apology if nothing's down. And for him to come out and say that and, and to back his quarterback and, and coach is not surprising um, if, if they truly believe that they didn't do anything wrong. And, and nobody knows the rules better than better than Bill Belichick. I mean, he used to always talk about um, we used to always have meetings, rule changes, and and knowing the rules and and what what your what you could and couldn't get away with. So, so I, I think it's one of the most overhyped, overblown stories I can remember. Is it because it didn't happen, or because it's more commonplace than we think? I think probably a little bit of both. I mean, I I don't I I think every locker room the quarterback has has a certain way he wants his footballs and and the equipment guys are going to do their best to, to get him set up that way and, you know i know some some quarterbacks like him to be a little sticky they rub them with with receivers gloves to kind of get that that oil from the gloves on them other court some quarterbacks like him a little a little more inflated a little less inflated some of them like him really 
beat up and broke them in. Some of them like a more, you know, a little more new on the new side. I mean, there's just there's so many different. Every it's like a player fingerprint. Everybody wants it different, mm-hmm. and you know, everything's different for every quarterback. But um, I think it's just it's just been it's it's a shame that that's what everybody's talking about when it's it's one of the best Super Bowl matchups that that we've probably had in the last five to ten years. Oh, I'd agree with you. I can't wait for the game. I'm better for our oh, yeah. visit today, David. I really appreciate you coming on. Anytime. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you know this already, but uh, you are a part of a very special thing in this city's history. And uh, I hope that you'll be uh, comfortable enough to come home often over here to New Orleans, if you will. Uh, I love coming. Yeah, I love coming back to New Orleans. It'll always, it'll always kind of feel like home. Uh, I'm from Texas, but but New Orleans always have a special place in our heart. There's no doubt about that. So Absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me on. You bet. And I know it's been a, a difficult time for your family. Our condolences and best wishes throughout the weekend. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. David Thomas with us here on the Black and Blue Report. <laughs> you hear that? Yeah, that's the sound of Mardi Gras, baby. Throw me something! <laughs> Just something about the tradition of it all. Even though Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew scratch off from the lottery, you could be feeling like a king with up to $3,000 or even $12,000 in your back pocket. Stop and pick up Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew today. Now that's better than the good beads, baby. Must be at least 21 to purchase. The New Orleans Pelicans are having a sale. Right now, pick any three games for as low as $24. I want to go to the Clippers, Thunder, and Bulls. You have to see the special man. Let him have it. With no problem. Say I say, you say I say. Get your Pelicans three-game plan today. See the special man. I got the $24. Let him have it. With no problem. I got it, I got it. With no problem. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com. Your first stop when following your teams. Coming up on Monday, it's another edition and another new week on the Black and Blue Report. We'll be looking back at the Super Bowl, of course, and then we'll begin to really look back at Super Bowl 44, commemorating the five-year anniversary now of the New Orleans Saints World Championship. Many, many will be stopping by to share their memories of the ball game and what it now means to them five years later. That all begins next week. We'll also be focused in on the Pelicans, of course. Hopefully we'll have good news to report from tonight's game against the Clippers and help you get set for a big one against the Atlanta Hawks on Monday night as well. Daniel Salerson, of course, is with us here on this Friday. And, Diesel, uh, you said you had some Super Bowl facts, fun facts, uh, to leave uh, our listeners with here before we depart for the weekend. Absolutely. Lots of good stuff, mostly involving food. Super Bowl fans spend more than $50 million on food during the four days prior to the game. And Super Bowl Sunday is the second largest day of food consumption behind Thanksgiving. I probably have a lot to do with that as well. Mm -hmm. 1,200 calories amount the average Super Bowl viewer will consume while snacking. And it's estimated that Americans will eat 90 million pounds of chicken wings, which breaks down to 450 million individual wings. How many of those do you eat? (laughs) I'll take a, a dozen or so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a couple different sauces, a dozen. Actually, when I leave here... I'm going to start thinking about what I'm going to have to eat on Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. So, and to me, that's as much fun as anything else. Absolutely. Are you a guacamole fan? I am. How much guacamole are we going to consume this weekend? 69.6 million pounds of avocados will be consumed this weekend. I will do my share. Anything else? 
Um, you stock up on your antacids for the week? Um, already have that in place. 20% increase in sales for an- antacids. We'll let that sink in just for a moment. All right. And the last thing and most important thing, the beer. How much? 325.5 million gallons of beer drunk by Americans on Super Bowl Sunday. God bless the USA. On that note, we bid you adieu. We wish you a wonderful Super Bowl weekend. I can't believe we only have one more football game to watch. Maybe it's time, though. I hope that you all have a great and safe weekend. Go Pelicans tonight, by the way. Look forward to being back with you on Monday. Our thanks to Daniel Salerson today, David Thomas, and head coach Monty Williams. Uh, We'll be on the air at 7 tonight on the Pelicans Radio Network. Otherwise, we'll see you right back here on Monday afternoon for the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Um, I never did say who I thought would win on Sunday, and I think I'll leave it that way. Sean Kelly saying so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. Thank you.